Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Short Story Bingo, episode 20. Big shout out. Episode 20 up in the building, up in the place to be. This is who I am right now. Nate Chacon III. And uh, what we do on this podcast is I re- either read a short story or uh, some other, maybe, uh, you know, chapter of a book. Or, uh, as we've done uh, recently, some uh, tales out of uh, the Mafia Dictionary or what have you. And it's either by myself or with a guest. And we talk about it and uh, go uh, through those motions. Anyway, if this is your first time, welcome. If this is your second time, the retention program is working. So happy to have you guys back. Last week we talked about Frank Sinatra and some of his mob ties or alleged mob ties as it were. Hope you guys enjoyed that one, especially uh, your Christmas because that just happened. I got what I wanted. Uh, my Big shout out to my um, uh, brother-in-law Chris down in uh, New Mexico. Thanks brother for uh, the, the new Yeti mic uh, created by Blue Microphone. I'm pretty excited about it. This is what uh, is being recorded on right now, so thank you so much. I hope you guys all had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas, and uh, Kwanzaa just started a couple days ago, so if you guys are going through that, wonderful too. I hope that uh, your menorah was all lit if you were celebrating Hanukkah, and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, I am pretty excited for the new year. At the end of this episode, we're going to play a little uh, ditty uh, from the Eagles called Funky New Year. So stick through uh, the story for that. Today we're going to be reading a a story out of a a book called Strange Twist of Fate. Starling True Account, excuse me, Starling True Accounts of How Mysterious Powers of UFOs, Dreams, ESP, Black Magic, and Other Amazing Psychic Phenomena Influence Our Lives. I got this book uh, from my uh, mother-in-law. Thanks, Teresa, so much for that, Mom. Appreciate it. Um, and we're gonna the, the story we're gonna read is uh, called "A Haunted House in Chino, California" by Genevieve Genevieve Segrist, and that's spelled uh, last name is spelled S I E G R I S T. This book is uh, reprinted on uh, 1967, the one that I have right now, but it was initially copyright in 1959. Um, having said that, we got to get to our random Twitter follower shoutout. And this week, it's at Voice of Honey, V O I C E O F H O N E Y. Honey, what's up, girl? I see you. She's doing a wonderful job. Please follow her on Twitter, but also check her out on Instagram um, and on Facebook as well. She is a performer and uh, motivational speaker, uh, doing a lot of great things for um, her community and for uh, to enrich the lives of our youth. So thank you so much. She's a great follow as well. Also, just to give an update uh, on some of the, the countries, uh, top uh, countries downloaded beyond the United States, of course, we have the top three, India, the Russian Federation, which again is fucking, and then uh, the United Kingdom. So shouts out to you guys <clears throat> and uh, those that are listening out there. Also in the U.S., beyond uh, Utah, top three, California, Wyoming, and Texas still coming in. So Texas, big ups to you for uh, still pulling your weight on that. I certainly appreciate it. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention is uh, as we're going through this uh 
new year that we're coming up with. I'm certainly going to be getting uh, some more guests on and so on and so forth. But I, I want to make sure that you guys know that I really appreciate all the support and the uh, listens that you have. My friend Pat, who's going to be on this episode, told me the other day that he went on and binged on 10 episodes. So it's 10 episodes, man. So there's number 20. So now you can binge on 20 of them. Anyway, we got to get into our uh, intro. So next is the intro song. Short story bingo number 20, motherfucker. Just kidding. Oh. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're sad. Most of the time they're funny because I hate to be sad. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. But don't take my word for it. Spare fingers. Yes. For many years, my family and I admired a gracious old farmhouse in Chino, California. The quaint two-story house with its ivied walls, rose garden, and huge trees seemed ageless. On warm afternoons, the old farmer could be seen sitting on the front lawn in his heavy old rocker. We jokingly referred to him as Whistler's father. You know what's funny is that in Magna, where I'm from, there is a like a cowboy dude that is on, uh, like it's a thing on 3500 South, and if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, but it's similar to, like that's the picture that I'm getting is like similar to this guy. It's like, as you're going to... Um, is you're going west on 3500 south before you hit 8000 west it's on the uh north side of the road there's this uh during the summer there's this guy that like will just like sit on his porch with his cowboy hat and just like a sh- no shirt and his like dungarees or whatever the fuck but anyway this guy reminds me of him <laughs> Jesus, I just went on a huge tangent about nothing. All right, after the owner died, excuse me, after the owner died, the house was put up for rent. Naturally, yeah. In November 1956, we happily moved into it. Happy at fucking first until the... Amityville horror happened and then wasn't so happy after that. This sounds like the beginning of a movie. Love it! The rooms were bright and cozy. Everything is like that at the beginning. Everything fucking looks, you know, everything smells great. The fresh paint on the walls. You have no dishes in the sink. Uh, the carpets look like, look immaculate because they were just vacuumed. Uh, no dog hair anywhere to be found until, of course, your dog gets in and then. But yeah, okay, we happily moved in it. The rooms were bright and cozy, as they should be, man. That, you know, kudos to the the real estate agent that made sure that, you know what, we're going to do pearl white here because it makes it that much better for, uh, also, um, make sure that we have snacks. Do we have snacks? Bring snacks to, at the, no, on the bar part so that when I'm showing them the living room, John, yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Okay, thanks. Yeah, snacks. (laughs) 
the truly old-fashioned garden of poppies, larkspur, bachelor buttons, and scabiosa was lovely. Honeysuckle climbed over the front porch railings. As the weeks passed, the great joy we had in at last living in our dream house gradually dimmed. An indefinable something, attention and uneasiness permeated the house. Gradually, we came to dread entering the house. We spent more and more time out of doors. The first real disturbance occurred one day as we drove into the yard after a Sunday picnic. People need to have more picnics, by the way. I we uh, my wife and I got a, a picnic set actually, so I'm pretty stoked about that. But like, picnics sound fun, like just going out and popping down and eating some sandwiches, drinking some beer. I don't know, just eating sandwiches. <clears throat> The first real disturbance occurred one day as we drove into the yard after a Sunday picnic. Very distinctly, we could hear the sound of pots and pans being shuffled about in the kitchen. My husband and I entered the back porch and the noise grew louder. However, when we reached the kitchen door, it suddenly stopped. My husband quietly assured me that the house was settling. From then on, however, I was uncomfortable in the kitchen, even on the brightest day. Another day, as we sat on the front lawn, our oldest son, Mike, glanced at an upstairs window and exclaimed, Look! There's someone up there looking at us! We looked up, but saw nothing. What the fuck are you talking Mike said again, Look up now, see? There's someone up there! At the window watching, looking down at us. We all now saw, pressed hard against the glass, the face of an old, gray-haired man. On his face was a look of such hatred that his features were contorted. As we watched, the face appeared to waver, and John said it was an illusion created by old glass. That's not an illusion created by old glass. It's an old, creepy, fucking ghost. That is looking down at you. And what's in my mind right now is a guy that is a home alone guy that becomes really nice, like two thirds of the movie in. That's who that guy is. And he wears those duck boots that have the weird, you know what I'm talking about. That's not an illusion, though. Closer inspection, however, showed the glass to be fairly new. And the putty quite recently applied. Yeah. Fucking. This experience seemed to trigger off the frightening things that began to happen immediately thereafter. One night we were wakened by the sound of one of our kittens screaming. That's like a that's a really specific sound to be waking up to is kittens screaming. I mean, they already cry already for milk, right? I feel like that would be fucking creepy. Yeah, for sure. Just kittens like. <laughs> Turn it down. <laughs> the mother cat and the other kittens were huddled, were, uh, were huddled tightly together in one corner of their box. While from behind the kitchen stove came the agonized shrieks of the missing kitten. 
Hurriedly, we moved the stove aside, but all that met our eyes were a few tufts of fur and the tip end of the kitten's tail. Suspecting that a large rat might be to blame, we searched the walls and floor for holes, but there was no openings of any kind. This marked the last time the cats would stay in their comfortable box. Cats, inside the fucking room. <whistles> Pop in. Each night, as darkness approached, all ran to the door crying to be let out. Damn. Okay. So this is def. Okay, so something's... Uh, awry inside of the house for sure. My husband, admiring the old chair, let's throw the fucking chair out. I'm over the chair. I mean, even, oh no, it's a good chair. We'll keep the chair. We'll just make sure that, uh, make sure Mike, the son, doesn't, you know, mess with it. We'll keep the chair. Let's probably throw that joint out. My husband, admiring the old chair in which the former owner had rocked under the shade trees, Moved it into the front room. Into the front. Fuck. That's where everyone goes. Yeah, just not bring it over here. The old, the old creepy chair that the old man that used to live in here fucking rocked in. Let's keep that joint around. You know what? Actually, I don't fault him. And here's why. Because I like going to like thrift stores and finding some old stuff. So I think... I think it's fine. I mean, the old chair is kind of creepy. You don't know when you're going into a, a new house if, uh, like, all the things are terrible. Okay. All right. That's fine. I'm, I'm okay with the husband admiring the old chair. Hold on. Beer break. Varnish. All right. Uh, moved it into the front room. Varnish and a gay pillow made it presentable. One afternoon, our oldest daughter, Patricia... So we have Mike and Patricia. Those are the children that have been introduced. Called our attention to the mother cat who stood some distance from the chair, gazing at it fixedly. She was very obviously regarding the chair with distaste. Patty picked up Pat Patty picked her up and tossed her toward the chair. Okay, asshole. Obviously the cat doesn't want to go towards the chair. Yowling wildly, yeah, for sure. Yowling wildly, every bit of her fur on end. The cat dashed to the back door and frantically climbed the screen. From this time on, the cat would not come near the chair, but would stand at a distance staring at it. Okay, the chair's obviously harboring some sort of... Uh, My husband, after watching the peculiar behavior of the cat for some days, quietly moved the chair back onto the lawn. I was startled one afternoon to hear heavy footsteps going up the stairs. I called out, asking who was there. Then thinking John was playing a joke, I started up the stairs. From the time I entered the little upstairs hallway, I felt someone watching me. The sensation was so frightening, I retreated down the stairs, becoming, becoming even more alarmed when I heard my husband come in the downstairs door and call me. The footsteps continued through the boys' room and out again into the hallway. Then the door, uh, then the door slammed so hard, the glass shattered onto the floor. 
we had at that time three dogs. One, a female shepherd, refused to come into the house at all. The big collie would come into the kitchen and once their uh, and once their pace until uh, and once their pace. Okay, hold on. The big collie would come into the kitchen and once their pace until allowed back outdoors. Our large Malamute was completely fearless. He was unafraid in hunting bear and mountain lion and blindly obedient. On cleaning days, when I whistled for him to follow me upstairs, he would stare past me at the head of the stairs, his hackles on on end. Then, because of his great love, he would follow. Eventually, however, Paisano would stand, whining, begging me not to ask him to come upstairs. Yo, man, dogs know shit, dude. For sure, dogs know stuff. You and I both know this. Like, if your dog or your cat is climbing up screens, you're throwing your cat at a chair and it's freaking out, pop out, man. Or at least get rid of the chair. Or figure out why the dog, one of the dogs don't want to come inside the house at all. I mean, seriously. Like, animals have that sixth sense. I mean, we all have that... Uh, innate, you know, sense that something might be up, but dog, well, animals in general, like they definitely have that next level at one o'clock one morning, we were shaken out of bed by the terrified screams of Patricia, a patty, peppermint patty. Rushing up the stairs, we threw open the door to her room to find her huddled beneath the bedclothes, alternately screaming and crying. Just like huddled up, just like, (laughs) oh my God. Like, that's just like, I mean, to find your daughter like frightened to the point of being in a position of like a fetal position crying and panting and screaming i mean how long you know what i'm saying like how long at this point this is like a bad movie but also like a like a thing that really happens because i've heard of other stories of families that like will stay in houses for like years on end until like I don't know until like it just it's until they're fed up with like the noises that are clanging uh, like against the walls or uh, the rashes that they're getting. You know what I'm saying? Like so although like we clown, you know, like the Amityville horror and shit like that. I mean, there are real situations. At least I believe that. I mean, but there are real situations. I feel like that families will be like. Yeah, that's a thing. But as far when I say that's a thing, I mean like haunted, like it being haunted. But then still like go about living there, or at least trying to, attempting to. Especially if you bought the fucking house, you know that's a lot of debt to go into to be like, okay, well we're gonna rent rent it out to some schmuck that's gonna move out in a month, even though we're gonna try to tie him down to a twelve month lease. And then and then forgive them when they leave in a month because we're like, yeah, you're right. It is haunted. As she quieted down on the front row. Okay. Rushing up the stairs, we threw open the door to her room to find her huddled beneath the bedclothes, alternately screaming and crying. As she quieted down on the front room couch, 
She told us that she had felt something brush against her bed and had heard the click-click of an animal's feet. Sitting up in bed, she saw, not over four feet away, a monstrous black dog silhouetted against a bright moonlit window. The dog stood motionless, staring at her, its mouth open, its white its white teeth gleaming in the moonlight, its tongue lolling. From this point on, Patty slipped downstairs. She refused to go upstairs, even in broad daylight. As time went on, the tension in the house became electric. Faucets, uh, faucets were found running. Windows slammed open only to crash down again with force enough to crack the glass. During the days, loud, thunderous slams would shake the house so that groceries tumbled out of the cupboards and dishes fell from shelves. Now the shepherd and the collie refused to enter the house at all. And all three dogs were fed outside even on the coldest mornings. A friend, Mrs. Laura Sims of Pomona, California, came to visit us one night when we had gone out to a movie. She says she knocked. A light came on upstairs and she heard footsteps coming down the stairs. Normal. Regular shit. The the footsteps approached the door. The door handle turned, but it did not open. Although she plainly saw a light shining under the door and heard someone breathing heavily on the opposite side. That same night, we came home to find a light on upstairs. And as our car light swung onto the veranda window, they picked up the face of a man. A face contorted with hatred. Two days later, we came home from shopping to see a man sitting in the old rocker under the tree. Oh, fuck no. Hell no, dog. Hell no. Hell no. Hey, buddy. Hey, who's in? Are you in the? Are you in the chair, babe? Who's in the fucking? I don't. I don't know who's in the. I don't know who's in the chair. I just. Do you want to check it? Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna. I'm gonna check it. You can probably hear us. We just. I'm asking you if you know anyone around here that might be in that chair right now. I don't. I. Well, it might be Gordon. He's across the street. He really likes the chair. At least he told me last. How the fu- Why the fuck did go- how did how does Gordon know about the chair? And what were you talking to? That's another. Why do we gotta talk about this? <laughs> Two days later, we came home from shopping to see a man sitting in the old rocker under the tree. As we drove near, he swung his head around. Stared at us fixedly, then vanished. I'm out, bro. Fuck it. That evening, my husband, who who steadfastly maintained that natural causes accounted for everything, was happily... so, So he was just denying. He's like, yeah, for sure. Like, natural causes doesn't just like... Somebody just doesn't vanish off natural... Was happily soaking, okay, uh, who, steadfast, uh, who steadfastly maintained that natural causes 
accounted for everything. Was happily soaking in the bathtub. Oh, no, no, no. Let me see this. Let me go back. As we drove near, he swung his head around, stared at us fixedly, then vanished. That evening, my husband, who steadfastly maintained that natural causes accounted for everything, was happily soaking in the bathtub when a rap came at the the window. Abomatomically, Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses can't define how I'll be dropping these mockeries. Lyrically perform. That's what I think about when I hear rap. (laughs) When a rap came to the window. When a rap came to the window. Pressed against the window glass, John saw the same man's face we had seen at the upstairs window. Pressed against the window. Just like, uh, you know, that like your nose is all smushed. Like, that's beyond creepy. That's actually like, take, I mean, you got oils all over. Just, you don't need to be all weird and put your face against a glass like that (laughs) by now the children were terrified the girls went to stay with friends and the boys slept on the living room couch at night pulling it halfway into our bedroom we have always used a colored nightlight tiring of the usual blue and green we substituted a red bulb perfect yeah that's not a creepy color at night after this we began to notice that the unpleasant happenings seemed more frequent the noises were more noticeable and the atmosphere increasingly oppressive our neighbor mrs virginia belcher told me that they too had seen in daylight the figure of a man sitting under the largest tree in the rocker they also had seen during the night a light moving through the upstairs and wandering out through the yard. Visible in this wavering light was a huge black dog. She had known the old man who had owned the house, and she had said he had been disliked for his bad disposition. Moreover, he had trained and encouraged his dog to kill cats. The old man had been delighted when the dog took to eating the cats as well. It's kind of psycho. Only since the man and his dog had died... Only since the man and his dog had died, within short weeks of one another, had a cat been seen in the neighborhood. <laughs> Fucking cats are like, they're dead, dude. Okay. All right. Luke? Okay. So now you're back on 3rd Street and 4th Street. I got it, boss. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah, no. We don't got to worry about the dog anymore. And the old man for sure is gone. He's the one that kind of orchestrated it all. And, uh, Gerald, you got it? Now, yeah, no. No, I got it. Yeah, you're on Broadway, right? You're on Broadway now. Yeah, no, we're good to go. The dog, the dog's gone. Just, I just want, I just uh, envision a meeting of them. <laughs> They're just like, thank God, fucking, we can only go out at night because that's when the dog is inside. That's that's when the fucking dog is inside. I know, man. I know. And so this is what this is what I'm thinking. <laughs> just uh, eating catnip, just getting all high. Only since the man and his dog had died, within short weeks of one another, had a cat been seen in the neighborhood. One day, after a particularly restive night, John stood in the front room, assuring us in firm tones that all the noises and unusual happenings had some natural explanation. Just as he said, we are not going to move. 
I positively, I positively do not believe in the supernatural. There are no such thing as ghosts. The six-foot front window sailed directly toward him. What? Missing him by a few narrow inches. It hurtled past him with great force, hit in the center of the room where it shattered in a violent explosion. Okay, John, are you good now, man? Because I don't know. John sat down abruptly and announced that we were going to move. That's it. We're out. Although he had worked hard in the yard, all the lovely plants I had bought in pots lost their leaves and died. Yeah, everything's dying. The ivy now hung dead against the house and beat dismally and for uh, forlornly. Uh, fucking welcome back to trying to pronounce words and for for forlornly forlornly. Oh, my God. Hold on. I got to look this up. Forlornly. For. F O R L O R. Forlornly. Forlornly. Desolate or dreary, unhappy or miserable. Forlornly. I think. Okay. Desolate or dreary. Forlornly. All right. The ivy now hung dead against the house and beat dismally and forlornly against the walls, scratching its dead branches up and down the screens. Looking through an old chest of drawers, one day, an old yellowed letter fluttered out from behind a drawer. It was dated in the early 1900s and addressed to the former owner of the house. Apparently, some pages were missing, but the remaining message included a request for money and a place to hide, if need be. Near the end of the final page was a, th- was a threat. Now you remember what you've done here, Red. So I'll expect the money by return mail. We also found a faded picture of a young woman with typical Gibson girl dress and hairdo. On her lap uh, sat a small, sad-eyed boy, just dead behind the eyes. We we wanted desperately to move and asked to be released from our lease. When that oh, so it's their lease. They're not even they're rent. That's right. They're renting the house. They're renting the house. They're not even buying the house. Leave the house. We wanted desperately to move and asked to be released from our lease when the house caught fire three times in one week's time. Once the fire started in the fuse box, once in the closet full of our best clothes, and once several boxes piled on the stairs burned crisply so that only prompt action saved the house. When we finally were moving to another town, Virginia Belcher came to say goodbye. You know, she said, the old man who owned the house told us many times that after he died, no one would live in his home. His poor little wife, who seldom talked with anyone because the old man insisted that she stay in the house and have no friends, once told me that they had... Had a little boy. Her husband, she said, had killed the boy through sheer meanness and neglect. She said that she would like to leave but had no place to go. Once her sister had sent her money from the east so she could come and live with her, but her husband intercepted the letter and kept the money. Noting our happiness to be leaving, Virginia added, I realize that the old man is dead, but... 
After knowing the strange things that have happened to you here, it seems as though he's still trying to protect his house and wants to be left alone in it. Since moving, we have avoided driving past the old house. Once I did meet a woman who said she had moved into the house shortly after we moved out. She said that they, too, were not able to make the gardens green. When I asked about the house, she was noncommittal, saying only that since moving there, her children, previously healthy, had perpetual colds. She had bought a large heater, but the house was impossible to heat, even on days when the sun shone outside and it was so warm the children could go barefoot. Things would have to be really unbearable before we'd move, she added. With seven children, it's very hard to find a house. A short while later, they moved to Bakersfield. Because fuck that. Yeah, move, dog. The house still stands and occupants, occupants have come and gone. The yard, once so beautiful, looks desolate and forbidding. Driving past some time ago, we saw many toys in the yard, seeming to indicate a large family lives there. Under the dusty bushes stood a gay red rag, red wagon. Perhaps as John says, if anything can get rid of the gillies and ghosties and long-legged beasties, a house full of kids can do it. What the f- Short story bingo episode 20, A Haunted House in Chino, California by Genevieve Segrist. Out of a strange twist of faith, I'll obviously have a uh, a link in the uh, description here. But goodness, yeah, there's so many opportunities for you leave the house. How did you not figure it out? I mean, again, as I was saying in it, I mean, there's obviously some situations where you don't, obviously. But I don't know, man. I definitely have uh, been in houses before. I don't know if uh, if well i'll just say it like if you've ever had like uh what are those called where you're like sleeping and you feel like you like you open your eyes and what are those called i'm gonna look it up but i've had some of those before in this old house that i was living in um and i've never had them before and they were only at this house like uh i would like wake up and it felt like i couldn't move and like something was pressing pressing against my chest, you know what I mean. So, I, what the hell are they called when you can't? Um, I think it's like, oh my goodness, uh, night terror. No, it's like uh, sleep terror, sleep terror. I think sleep terror. I don't know, something like that. But i can see like things like this being i mean i i i believe it i'm i know of friends that live in homes now that when you go in there you have this eerie feeling as if something is going on or something's already happened or um and i know that uh there i have friends that also uh have that uh, six cents like dogs and or whatever not just dogs or whatever but like you know what i'm saying anyhow be careful out there y'all it's new year it's a new year we're coming up on december 29th 
um, is what we're at right now. But it's a new year we're coming up on. I hope you guys are making your resolutions, not just for the new year, but even just setting goals for the next three months. Make sure that you accomplish them. If not, get close and keep a good accountability of yourself and those around you so that we can make it all safe. Love y'all, man. Uh, Like I said, we're going to finish this one out, uh, this episode out with um, a song by the Eagles called Funky New Year. And I thought it was perfect for how, um, you know, I'm kind of feeling going into this weekend. Um, Again, much thanks, love, appreciation, short story, bingo.podbean.com. This is available on all of the uh, you know, podcast stations that you might listen to, whether they be on iTunes, please subscribe, please rate, give me a five, please comment, let me know if you're liking it. Uh, I would really appreciate that. But very important if you could just rate it, if you have iTunes on your iPhone and you're listening to this on your iPhone, quick just click five stars for me, please. I really would appreciate it. Uh, appreciate it. Also, uh, obviously on Google Play Music, you can check me out on Stitcher, on TuneIn, on Castbox, Player FM, Overcast, so many other things. I got links on my uh, website, shortstorybingo.podbean.com, uh, for all of those players. Um, that you might be using. So if you don't like Podbean, which is totally fine, uh, you can find the link to your particular uh, podcast engine that you use to listen to all your other cool podcasts. And we made that possible for you. Of course, you can definitely send in any information or news stories that you like for me to read at, uh, read at shortstorybingo at yahoo.com. My name is Nate Chacon Third. This is Short Story Bingo episode 20 this is uh we just read out a strange strange twist of fate haunted house in chino california thank you guys so much for uh listening in number 20 we're moving into the new year and i'm pretty excited i hope you are too love y'all man funky new year by the eagles gonna take us out but of course before that we gotta end it like this happy new year to you spare fingers yes
Make me feel brand new. 